evening, Bethlehem and saints of God. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, or maybe even good night, whatever time you're tuning into our Wednesday Zoom Bible study. My name is Pastor Michael Eton. I'm your host for today's program, as well as the Bible teacher, and I want to welcome you. Uh, before we get into the word today, I always like to extend a personal invitation for those who live in the Garvin County in Pauls Valley, Oklahoma, and do not have a church home. I want to take this opportunity to extend a personal invitation for you to join us this coming Sunday at the 11 a.m. service. Why don't you bring a family member or a friend with you? We're located at 311 North Dunbar. Again, we're located at 311 North Dunbar right here in the heart of Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. Again, you have joined us for our Wednesday Zoom Bible study. And over my shoulder for you first timers is how the service or program will go. We're going to have the opening prayer, the announcements, the reading of the word, the introduction video, the Bible study itself, the invitation, and the benediction. So let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you. We praise your holy name, Father, for this sacred moment into which we've set apart to look and to study your word, Father. We ask you, Lord, to forgive us of our sins, wash us and cleanse us, that we might be in right relationship with you, that we might be in right fellowship with you, that we may tonight, this evening, this morning, this afternoon, hear a word from the Lord. We want to thank you, Lord, for speaking. We pray you will encourage in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise the Lord. Amen. And praise the Lord. Uh, we have an announcement that we'd like to make and want you to get ready uh, to join us for our 121st church anniversary on the fourth Sunday of September. We want you to save up a dollar per day, which is the special offering that we take every church anniversary. And we want to encourage you uh, who are in West Town or from West Town to come back and celebrate with us 121 years of faithful service here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. And this year we're going to have Reverend Herman Stevens, the evangelism pastor of the Fairview Baptist Church there in Oklahoma City under the leadership of Dr. J.A. Reed. He's going to come. Dr. Reed has allowed him to come back, come back to Bethlehem and to share uh, in this time, 121, 11 a.m. service only. So we're sending the word out for all those who are from West Town to come back and join us on this wonderful day. It's 11 a.m. service only. We want to see you in the place in Jesus' name. And also, we are excited about the installation service of Reverend C.L. Gray and Donisha Gray. Uh, and they will be installed on the first Sunday in September. And we're so excited and looking forward to this in Bethlehem. And thanks, God, we want you to pray uh, for this dear couple. Pray for them now. Pray for that day. Pray for their ministry that God would 
hedge and protect them uh, from uh, the devil's influence. Ain't nobody mad, as the old folk used to say. Nobody mad but the devil. So we're excited to see them launch out into the purpose and plan for God, what God has for them. So we are excited uh, to celebrate our son and daughter in their first call, uh, church in Jesus' name. Well, but for heaven's sakes of God, you know I've started a series entitled uh, How to See in the Dark. How to See in the Dark. And undoubtedly, we are facing dark times. And if you keep your eyes focused on the circumstances, because there's so many things that are going on in our culture and our society from uh, the heat wave, they say at the time of this recording that uh, it's supposed to be 116 degrees in St. Louis, 115 in Little Rock, 111 in Tulsa. Uh, the West Coast just dealt with an earthquake and a hurricane. Tropical storm has come up through Texas, bringing rain. We have so many events everything that's going on in politics and in our culture. There's so much to be concerned about, the things that we're facing individually, the doctor's diagnosis, the layoff. And in dark times as this, the war in Ukraine, there's so many things that are going on that could take our attention away from our God. So many circumstances that we deal with personally that we need in order to have the victory we have to know, as we're standing on Job chapter 19, verse 25, we have to know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end, he will stand on the earth, that God is going to show us the victory, not just in the uh, by and by, but in the here and now. You heard me talk about that, Luther Vandross theology, the here and now. I want you to know during this series, in order to have victory in the shadows, we must learn how to see God in the dark. In order to have victory in the shadows, we must learn how to see God in the dark. And we have shared a few messages in this series. We talked about redeemed in the dark. We talked about last Wednesday or last Sunday, Rescued in the Dark. Tonight, we're going to talk about Roughing It in the Dark. We're going to talk about Renewal in the Dark. And the last message in this series, the Lord said the same. We're going to talk about Rising in the Dark. And all through it all, we want you to know, through and end of it all, that our Redeemer does live. And we're going to see him, not in the by and by, but in the here and now. Talking about tonight, roughing it in the dark. Roughing it in the dark, First uh, Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 through 9. I'll read this in your hearing. It says, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. 
perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. I read to you today, first or second Corinthians chapter four, verses eight through nine. May God only bless the doers of his marvelous and his holy word. Again, tonight, we're talking about roughing it in the dark. There's three things I want you to know tonight, and these are three sobering facts about true Christianity, about living life in this world. There are three things I want you to know from the text. The first thing I want you to know is that things will be pressing. The second thing I want you to know tonight, today, this afternoon, whenever you're watching, is that things will be perplexing. The last thing I want you to know is that things will be persecuted. Things will be pressing, things will be perplexing, and things will be persecuted. And we want you to know tonight in a sentence, Christians should expect dark times, but also expect God to give them the victory. Let me say that again. It's true Christianity. Christians should expect dark times. You should expect it, but also expect God to give them the victory. We're going to look at this brief video, and then we'll get into the word. Hey, church family, I am so excited to dive deeper into this passage in 2 Corinthians with you today. I really hope this passage encourages you. Let's go ahead and open to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. And it says, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroy. Now here we see Paul is very obviously being attacked. In fact, he's not just being attacked by one person. He's atta being attacked on all sides. Have you ever been there before where you're not just having a bad day or or there's a bad circumstances, but it just feel like feels like life is just when it rains it pours or or it just feels like you're in a bad season of life, not just one day, but a bad season. This is where Paul is as he is going about his mission of uh, spreading the good news of Jesus. He feels like he's being attacked on all sides. I mean, listen to the words that he's using to describe the season of life. He says, pressed on every side, perplexed, hunted down, knocked down. I mean, these are strong words of adversity. Have you ever felt any of these even recently? Maybe just the other day, you said one of these words about how your life is going right now. You know, unfortunately, being a Christian, it places a target on our back from the enemy. The enemy does not like that you are a Christian. And so what that does is it creates attacks from the enemy. We live in a fallen world. We have a real enemy, Satan, and he does not want us to advance the kingdom of God. And so we're going to be attacked at times. But the beautiful thing is that God's power is always, always, always going to be greater than any attack that the enemy might throw our way. You see this in Paul's writing. You know, as Christians, this is the thing. We will have suffering. The, the word is very um, forward about the suffering that we're going to have as Christians. But the good news is this. We will not have suffering without hope.
Amen. And praise the Lord. Amen and praise the Lord. You know, uh, we like to get into the maps, look at the maps as we do our studies. And uh, we're looking or reading from the book of Second Corinthians. And, and this was a letter to a, a very gifted church, a very gifted church that had so many gifts. Um, but as I heard our Sunday school teachers say, just gifts does not make one mature. You can operate highly in your gifts and be truly immature. And this was the Corinth church. Corinth is in uh, this part of the Mediterranean. Um, these are what they call the Greek islands there. And I told you in another study that Sister Eton and I saw a resort uh, somewhere down in here that we'd like to go on these uh, Greek islands. But over here is Athens. You've heard much of Athens. And here is Corinth. And over here is modern day Turkey where Ephesus was, where I uh, wrote the book of Ephesus. Ephesus, and, and we know that book, and also modern-day Turkey, Dr. J.A. Reed uh, said he's going to go and take this journey of the churches there over here uh, in modern-day Turkey, and any times you have did the study of Paul's, uh, you see him coming up through here, and uh, so this is the maps. And again, we're right here in Corinth, and this is the Mediterranean. The first point, things will be pressing. You know, I had an opportunity to watch the movie entitled uh, Teal, which is a story about Emmett Till, I think it was it was a, a wonderful but yet sad uh, movie that reflected what happened in 1955. Emmett Till was a 14-year-old child um, who had relatives down in Mississippi, down in Mississippi, and his his grandmother has had left Mississippi like most people at that time uh, to get away from the persecution that was going on there in Mississippi. His grandmother and his mother was there in Chicago, but had ties, family ties, had an uncle who lived down there and they decided to allow Emmett uh, to go down and take a two week vacation to Mississippi in 1955. And one thing that was striking to me about the movie was that uh, his, um, his mother said that she raised him to uh, have no fear. She raised him to have no fear. And, and so uh, 14 year old boy going down to Mississippi in 1955, having no fear was a recipe for disaster. She had not really prepared 
that young man uh, to go and to be in Mississippi in 1955. And he went down there, city boy with no fear and had some interactions with a white woman and history tells uh, what happened that he was hung, shot in the head, hung. Uh, she allowed uh, the casket to be opened to show uh, a figure that was marred. She couldn't even tell that it was a human being. They had done so many uh, destructive things uh, to this young man. But I, I was sad because she didn't or she didn't prepare him to be in Mississippi in 1955. A young man and a young African-American man in 2023 must have some fear in him if he's going to survive. And the only way that people will be able to survive in hard times and places like Mississippi or anywhere in America today is that we've got to tell you the truth about what's going on. Um, African-American men are being oppressed and killed all throughout our nation and all throughout our times. And there's uh, some places and some people as African-American, good law-abiding African-Americans must know how to avoid if they want to survive. I just couldn't imagine sending my young 14-year-old boy going down to Mississippi because there's some folk or some places that I, I do not go because I know uh, that a wrong incident uh, could lead to the death of uh, even myself, a preacher man. Hello, somebody. But we got to tell folk the truth. And I thought about that in the context of our Christianity, because we live in a time where they give you the prosperity gospel and they're teaching you that uh, uh, most of them are trying to raise money uh, through their programs and they're teaching you that God only blesses and that if you send this money, uh, to my ministry, to my program, and God is only going to bless you. God has a blessing with your name on it. And they lead you to believe uh, that Christianity doesn't cost. They lead you to believe in this pie in the sky, this rainbow religion. And sometimes folk who believe that rainbow religion are not prepared for how life really is at this time, at this moment, and at this time and at this moment, Christian folk will have to go through some stuff here on this earth, fellow somebody. In other words, God will allow you to go through some bad things in this life. Book uh, back in the 80s used to, Ask the question, why do uh, bad things happen to good people? Well, bad things happen to everybody. Bad things happen to bad folk. Bad things happen to good folk. And uh, in the Christian arena, as we've seen in, the, in uh, the first message, 
that sometimes God allows bad things to happen because he wants you to glorify him, not in just the good times, but in the bad times as well, to glorify him. See, on the football field, when you score, you look up, point up to the heavens. It's easy to point up to the heavens and, and, and say that God enable you to score, but do you point up to the heavens when you fumble the ball? Hello, somebody. Do you point up to the heavens when you miss a tackle? Hello, somebody. Um, can you glorify God after you've lost the Super Bowl and point up to the heavens and say, the Lord enable us to get this far? Can you glorify God in the dark? And this is what this is about. We're talking about seeing how to see in the dark. And there are going to be dark times. And tonight's message is about roughing it in the dark. We're going to have some rough time, folks. Um, and, and that's what the, uh, the writer of Corinth, uh, the Corinth, first and second Corinthians, uh, uh, we're looking at second Corinthians tonight, had to let the folk know that things will be pressing. It says that we are hard pressed on every side you see then you don't get this on national television i have a national television program and i'm I, I, and, and and i talk i just preached about jesus uh, uh his 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 prophecy about the end of his life and jesus was telling them that 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 he would be turned over that he would go through persecution that he would go through suffering at the hands of church folk i call them the high priests and the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and he was telling them the truth about what was going to happen in the future, but they were not listening. And as a result, they were not prepared to go through the most tremendous trial that they would have to go through in their lives because, and it was that because they didn't listen. They heard as a pastor. I feel a lot of people hear what I have to say, but very few people heard what is said like the disciples uh, they were they were there and Jesus was trying to prepare them for what they was going to go through but they were there and they were not listening and when Jesus died on the cross their whole world was turned upside down but Jesus had told them before what was going to happen if they stood on the word of God they would have been able to make it through that time and they'd have been in the right place at the right time to glorify God on that third day to which he said on the third day I'm going to get up and I'm going to rise they should have been I wrote in my book, Mapping Out Matthew, they should have been tailgating because Jesus told them exactly what was going to happen. And right now, God is trying to tell you some things, what's going to happen. This is not a prophecy of, uh, of prosperity. This is a prophecy of what's going to happen to you in this life. Things are going to be pressing. Hello, somebody. Somebody's wondering why they're going through such a hard time. God says, uh, we uh, we or you will be hard pressed on every side. Whoo, what an illustration that you're going to be hard pressed on every side. It reminds me of how uh, at some sporting events or how some uh, concerts, 
where the people get so excited and they rush the stage uh, so much to the point that, that, that folk are hard pressed on every side and can't breathe. Things will be pressing in your life. Somebody's feeling the press of the circumstance, the press uh, of the cancer, the press uh, of the layoff, the press uh, of the divorce. Uh, we are hard pressed on every side. Some of you are going to all of that at one time and you're being pressed uh, from every side, but you better know what the word of God says. Yes, we are pressed on every side, but God says today, but not crushed. Hello, somebody. Because you're in that cloud and everything is pressing against you, but you won't lose your breath. Because God says today that you will not be crushed. You can be pressed, but you will not be crushed. Somebody's dealing with cancer and it's pressing, but God says today it won't crush you. Somebody's dealing with leukemia, it's pressing, and sickle cell, uh, uh, anemia. Uh, God says today it's pressing, but you will not be crushed in Jesus' name things will be pressing but you will not be crushed bethlehem things will be pressing but god says we stand on his word that you will not be crushed in jesus name do you believe the word of god i believe the word of god i, I try to live by the word of god i try to breathe it i i i i, I try to act i do it and 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 you need this in times in pressing times such as this. See, we will not be crushed because of the love of God. God says in Romans chapter 8, verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Pose the question: shall trouble or distress or persecution or Famine, hello world today. I just told you that St. Louis is supposed to be 116 degrees in St. Louis. Now that sounds like Phoenix, Arizona. And then uh, our neighbors next door, 115 in Little Rock, Arkansas. What kind of world that we're going to? It's a famine in the land because of all of that heat. God says famine and heat will not separate you from the love of God in Jesus name. Shall trouble, shall distress, shall persecution or famine or nakedness or dangers of the sword. Uh, what can separate you from the agape love of God? Nothing can separate you from the love of God. And it's that love that's that that's surrounding you and that will not allow you to be crushed today tonight this evening or whenever you're listening god says and i love you and i got that hedge of protection around though you've been touched you will not be crushed because of the love of god but yet christian folk things will be pressing. The second point I want to share with you today is we talk about roughing it in the dark, looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Next thing I want to tell you is that things will be perplexing. Things will be perplexing. In other words, there'll be some stuff that's going on in your life 
that you will not be able to figure it out. It's perplexing. And I've had several moments, several times in the ministry. I'm there, there uh, today in certain areas where it's just perplexing. I can't figure it out. Some of the stuff I don't believe, I just cannot believe uh, that some things are happening or some things are not happening. I'm perplexed uh, by this thing. I, I, I don't have the answers for this thing and I'm perplexed by this thing. Uh, and, and that's how life will be sometimes. Sometimes you will not have the answers. Sometimes God will not tell you the reason why you're going through what you're going through he won't tell you sometimes. Sometimes you'll figure it out. The old folks used to say they'll, they'll understand it better by and by. And you're not in the by and by right now. You're smack dab in the middle of a perplexing situation that you can't understand. You can't figure it out. Somebody's going through a divorce. You never thought that you would be going through a divorce. You've been living for God all of your life from from a childhood and and, and 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 your mate cheated on you or your mate decided to leave and this is perplexing this is something i never thought not not me i never thought that i would go through that's the way you figure you're trying to figure this thing out it's perplexing life will be perplexing at times at times Ah, but the word says perplexed, but not in despair. Hello, somebody. Let me say it again. You will be perplexed, but don't let the perplexities of life cause you to be in despair. God says that I've given you the victory, even though you can't even understand how you're going to get the victory. You have the victory, that thing that 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 that's supposed to sell is going to sell in due time. That breakthrough that you should have had by now is going to come through. That 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 that, that job that you should have had, you're you're overqualified for some situations, and and doors have not opened up for you. God says today, don't be don't be despair in despair. You can be perplexed. Now, I've, I have the cure for perplexities in life for Christians. And I want to share this cure. And this is a known cure. You know how some folk uh, uh, know cures for some, you know, it's like they say sometimes, I don't know if this really works, but it has a rumor that apple, that apple cider vinegar can, is supposed to be able to take the blood pressure down, you know, some kind of home remedy. I don't know that that works or not, but it has a reputation. It's, it's supposed to be an answer, a home remedy. Well, I have a home remedy for perplexities in life. And it's very like that apple cider vinegar. It's very known. Uh, but some folk have never tried it. And I want you to try this spiritual apple cider vinegar that could, that could help you in the perplexities of life. It's a very familiar cure. And it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You're perplexed. The answer to the perplexities in your life is to 
the first four words. Trust in the Lord. Trust is the only answer. Trust in the Lord is the only answer for, for the perplexities that you're going through in life. And you say, how do you trust in the Lord? You have to do it with all your heart. You've got to know that even though I can't figure it out, even though I can't understand it, even though I've been struggling with this thing all night long, hey, I'm going to trust in God with all of this heart. Hello, somebody. And not only heart, but I'm going to trust in God with all my mind. You say, where you get mine from? Reverend, right there, it says, uh, all of your heart, it says what? And lean not to your own understanding. Do not lean to your understanding in your own brain, in your own mind. You got to trust him with all your heart. You got to trust him with all your mind. And then it says this, what thing is perplexing you? It says, in all of your ways, submit to him in all of your ways other translations say in all your ways acknowledge him acknowledge him with the perplexities in life trust him and knowledge him uh, with the perplexities in life and the bible says that and this is what the old folks say by and by we'll understand it better by and by and it says and he will make your path straight God will make your path straight. So the answer for the perplexities in life, well, you just can't figure it out. That's some stuff that just really, really bugs me that I can't figure it out right now. I don't know right now. It, it, it bothers me, but I've got to trust in the Lord with my perplexities. So I will not be in despair. In Jesus' name, so I will not be in despair. Is anybody here? I'm perplexed. I know I'm a lot of folk are perplexed by our times, perplexed by the wars and the rumors of wars, perplexed by the, the heat wave, what's going on. They they had what they call in California. What did they call it? They call it a a heroquake. I think they called it. Where uh, unfamiliar on the West Coast, a hurricane came through, and there was a point five her uh, a point five earthquake at the same time. They called it a heroquake. Hello, summer. This is the world that we're living in. Fires. Still today in Maui, thousands of folk are missing and hundreds are dead from the fires. We live in a perplexing world. Hello, somebody perplexed by what's going on in the government and, and all of these indictments. All of this stuff is perplexing how folk can can support a man that was uh, so evil. Hello, somebody. Perplexed. The, 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 the political processes can be perplexing. Hello, somebody. The folk are perplexed by who they're going to choose as the representative of their party. They're going to have a debate tonight. Perplexing situations and times calls for trust in the Lord. With all your heart, 
and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, it says, submit to him, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Things will be pressing. Things will be, um, things will be not only pressing, but perplexing. But I want you to know, you don't have to be crushed. You don't have to be in despair when you stand on the word of God in Jesus' name. Lastly, Bethlehem, least I keep us too long here in the Bethlehem Baptist Church here in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, Bible study, Wednesday Zoom Bible study. We're talking about roughing it in the dark. I told you things will be pressing, things will be perplexing and things will be persecuting. That's what the text says. Persecuted, but not abandoned. And that's something that, that we don't talk about in Christianity. We don't, we don't talk about real Christian suffering. Don't you know that uh, when you get serious for the Lord, the devil is going to be serious about you. Don't you know when you are a threat to the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of darkness is going to be threatened by you. And somebody's just that sound of my voice and you're being persecuted. People are coming against you. You have enemies, but you've never made any. That's what I always like to say. God has allowed me to live in such a way that I, I, I don't know that I've made any enemies, but I have them. Hello, somebody, because that just, just goes with the game. Um, in football, you can't get mad at the defense because they're trying to stop you. That's a part of the game. You're going to have as an offense persecution. They're coming after you. They're trying to take you out. It's a part of the game. Suffering is a part of the Christian faith and walk. You cannot tell me anybody that's been used greatly by God who has not been persecuted. Paul himself was persecuted. You, you can see all the stuff that Paul went through, beating, stonings, shipwrecks. Uh, even after he made it through that great typhoon, he, he made it to the island and was bit by a poisonous snake and folk would just sit back waiting for him to die. He, he had been through so much. He was persecuted. Jesus says, again, I told you, we told the disciples that he would be persecuted. He would have to suffer at the hands of the religious leaders, the chief priests, the Sadducees and Pharisees, those who should have been on his side, and and then the, these folk are the ones that 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 will persecute you. I, in my early walk of faith, I realized I wasn't having trouble with the unsaved. I had trouble with those who were supposed to be saved, and had a problem with me living holy and righteous before the Lord and being a light in the midst of the darkness. They they thought it didn't take all that, all that witnessing, all that holiness, all that righteousness. It was church folk that were persecuting me. Hello, somebody. Church folk that persecuted me in my pastoring. I, I it's, it was, it's the church folk. Hello, somebody. Somebody uh, know about that church hurt where well, you've been crushed. 
where you've been perplexed because these folks, hey, we're supposed to be on the same team. That time heard me use this illustration all the time. Now, back in the day, there in Scotland Park, there in Oak Cliff, Texas, where I grew up, the neighborhood, Scotland Park was a place where the big boys played basketball and these guys were tough. They didn't play it like today. Uh, they were tough. You had to be tough to be on that court. You, you should, not only did you, well, you, you had to be able to hoop, but you had to be able to fight. Hello, somebody. And, 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 and I can remember playing with the big boys and I'd go up and we'd be on the same team and, 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 and the big boy would grab the ball and be trying to take it from me. And I was, I was small, but I was scrappy. But I'd say, I have to scream out, same team, same team. We are supposed to be on the same team and the people that persecute us the most are folk who claim to be Christians, the people that are jealous of you, man of God, your preaching uh, will be pastors. Hello, somebody. And, and some of you preachers don't even have a church and they're pastors that are persecuting you, jealous of your anointing and appointing. They can see it on you like Saul saw it on David and they will persecute you. David, once again, was persecuted by Saul. <laughs> and David was faithful to Saul. He was a faithful subject. He wouldn't lift a hand um, to touch it. David has said that I, that I will not touch God's anointed, but God's anointed was trying to touch him. Hell, hell, is there anybody here that's been persecuted? Is there anybody here that had to run from what they call frenemies? You thought they were friends, but they end up being enemies. You've been persecuted because of your faith, because of your stance on the word of God. You're standing on the word of God and church folk uh, are saying that you're wrong about theological stances that have been a stance for hundreds of years. But now in this day and time, people are trying to rewrite the word of God, but you teach it and preach it the way it's supposed to be. And you got Christian folk who are uh, trying to, oh, to, uh, take your life, threatening to take your life. I, I say it all the time. I told folk who are from small towns, I've been a part of two major mega churches. And, and when they go to these major mega churches, they'll see that it looks like the pastor has guards uh, around them, like, kind of like the president that has secret service agents. And, and, and they look at it and, and think that they are there to stop you from getting to the preacher. Now, they're not there to stop you from getting to the preacher. They're there because these men of God who preach the word of God has got incredible death threats. Hello, somebody. You say you want to be anointed and pointed and, and be used in a mighty way. These men of God has have, have had credible death threats upon their lives. And they put watchmen to watch, not for you, but for somebody that would do them harm. Woo, that's persecution, church. And we go through persecution. When, when I was being called to Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, folk from Oklahoma were called back to Paul's, uh, called back to Abilene, Texas to get dirt on me. 
I'm like, what am I, a politician? What, what's going on? Why, why are you trying to press me? Why are you trying to stop my appointment? Hello, somebody. You'll be persecuted in this life as a Christian, and we need to tell you the truth. In the same way they should have told, his mama should have told Emmett, uh, till she should have taught him to fear. Because if he'd had fear in him, he wouldn't have, uh, let alone look, let alone whistle at a white woman. Hello, somebody. We got to teach you the truth. Back in 1955, we will be persecuted. That's why you're, you're going through what you're going through. You're persecuted, but the Bible says, but not abandoned. Hello, somebody. A lot of times when you feel persecuted, you feel like you are abandoned. You feel like nobody understands. You feel like nobody cares. And persecution in, of one person in the church can override those hundreds of people that love you for your service to the Lord. One person persecuting, two people persecuting you can override that and you will begin to feel like your God says, no, you're not abandoned. That text in Romans said, persecution cannot separate you from the love of God. You will be persecuted, but you're not abandoned. You'll be persecuted, but you're not abandoned. In Jesus' name. I'm, I'm trying to tell you the truth, trying to prepare you for this evil and wicked world. See, Christian folk uh, act like this world is supposed to be heaven. This world ain't supposed to be heaven. Jesus has gone away to prepare a place for us. That's why we mostly in Baptist churches celebrate uh, the Lord's Supper on the first Sunday of every month to remind us that this world is not our home, but we need to remind you to stop trying to think of it as your home or heaven in this world. Things will be pressing in this world. Things will be perplexing in this world. Things will be persecuting. In Jesus' name, this last text, before we head to a close, even in the Old Testament. Oh, we don't even want to mention how the Old Testament prophets were persecuted. Uh, but Psalms 129.2 says, many a times they have persecuted me from my youth. Many times, somebody listening. And you've been hated on, what the young folk will say. They hated on you since you were young. You were living for the Lord as a young man. And, I, and as a young man, they were hating on me, trying to get me to change my stance, trying to get me to change my lifestyle. As a young man, they were persecuted. They were saying, you too serious. As a young man, you need to uh, sow your wild oats. You too serious now. And they were persecuting, make fun of me and my stance. And, and I always said the only thing about sowing your wild oats when you're young is that when you're old, you're going to reap what you sow. Many a times they persecuted me from my youth. But it says this, but they have not prevailed 
against me. That's what the Bible says. You, you're going to be persecuted, but guess what? You will not be abandoned. They, your haters, will not prevail against you. David said that God prepared a table for him in the presence of my enemies. My enemies had to see me get blessed. That's what happened here at Bethlehem. All those who were trying to stop me from coming. My enemies have to see me blessed. My enemies have to see what God has done in and through my life. Oh, as a result of coming to the Bethlehem Baptist Church, and God has done some marvelous and incredible and mighty things through me right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church, some things that you would never understand or never know that God could have been able to do these things. So God has a way of blessing you in the front of your enemies, in front of your enemies and folk who tried to stop your ministry, hello somebody, who didn't want you to serve, he hello somebody, uh, tried to oppress you, hello somebody, tried to make you think that your life had no value, that's a lie from the pit of hell, your life has great value, and they will not prevail in Jesus' name. Let me say that again. They will not prevail. They're persecuted. They're going to come against you, but they will not prevail against you in Jesus' name. Because but God has opened a door. No man can shut in Jesus' name. So tonight, Bethlehem, I pray that you have been encouraged. I had to share some truth about this Christian, this real Christian life. And, and that's what I, I, God has called me to do, is to share the word, the word, the unadulterated truth of God. That this life will never be heaven. There'll be some heavenly times or some heavenly moments that you may have, but this world will never be heaven because Things will be pressing. Things will be perplexing. And things will be persecuting. In Jesus' name. Well, Bethlehem, I want to thank you for joining tonight. That you know that as we're talking about roughing it in the dark, Christians should expect dark times, but also expect God to give them victory. Let me say it again. Christians should expect dark times, but also expect God to give them the victory. And tonight, as always, I'm concerned about those who are not saved and you are roughing it in the dark. And you're really roughing it in the dark because you don't have God. You see, the victory that we have as Christians in the dark is because we have God in our lives and there's somebody's listening and you are literally in the dark. Perhaps God is using these dark times, these dark days, these heat waves, these famines, these fires to get your attention, to let you know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have 
everlasting life. And if you're here at the sound of my voice and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to tell you that uh, God can get you from the dark in Jesus' name. Now, I'm not telling you that once you give your life to Jesus Christ that everything is going to be yeah, like uh, Walt Disney says, that you, and they lived happily ever after. No, I'm not telling you, you won't have troubles and trials in this life. But what I'm telling you is that you will have God on your side to help you to rough it through the dark. All you got to do is pray this simple prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are God's only son. I believe that you died for my sins, was buried and raised again on the third day. And I believe that today I can be saved from the dark. Come into my heart, come into my mind, come into my soul, come into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise the Lord, amen. And praise the Lord if you pray that prayer for the first time and you're anywhere near Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, I want to let you know that you've been born into the body of Christ right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. And I expect to see you this coming Sunday at the 11 a.m. service. Bring a family member or a friend with you. And we, and when I finish preaching on Sunday, I want you to come down and let me know that you pray to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And we will accept you into the body of Christ right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. We're located at 311 North Dunbar. Again, we're located at 311 North Dunbar. And uh, we are expecting, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, and you're anywhere near Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, we're expecting to see your face in this place this coming Sunday at 11 a.m. service. And better yet, why don't you come early uh, and visit us in Sunday school at 10 o'clock. You can also get to know us a little more by visiting our website. Our website is www.heargodsword at Bethlehem.com. Again, our website is heargodsword at Bethlehem.com. We look to hear from you soon. If you pray that prayer, Anywhere else around the nation of the United States or anywhere else around the world, we're praying that God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that he sealed you with in your soul salvation will guide and direct you and to a church home. But you've got to get this in your mind. You must find a church home. In some rare situations, you may need to start a church where you are. We want to thank you for listening to our Wednesday Zoom Bible study. And as always, Bethlehem, I always want to challenge you to stay connected. Stay connected to God's person. Stay connected to God's precepts. And stay connected to God's people in Jesus' name. Let me give the benediction. Uh, Father, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify your holy name for all that you've said and done in this Bible study. We pray that your Holy Spirit's power has flowed from this place to the places and the people that you want to touch and impact with your word and with soul salvation. Put your head of protection around us. Keep us safe from our harm and danger until we meet again. And the people of God said, amen and praise the Lord. Amen and praise the Lord. Bethlehem.